Welcome to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm your host, Cyrus Alderwood, the official spokesman for Generation X. Stick around. It's going to get weird, as always. Well, here we are, August 5th, 2021. What the hell is new in the news today? I don't, man, I I should not have sat down to watch the news. 30 minutes of the news, and it's almost like I need to go to a doctor and see something. Somebody fried blood pressure. Freaking nuts. Hey, let's start off with something a little fun today, like on this day in history. So I looked this up. Remember on the last episode, I talked about how, uh, I forgot the year, but Ohio had only two cars in the entire state. And on that particular day in history, they ran into each other. <laughs> so that was that was interesting. Um, this is another Ohio thing. Speaking of car accidents happening in Ohio, on this day in 1914, the first electric traffic signal uh, was used in the state of Ohio It was at the corner of Euclid Avenue and East 105th Street, downtown Cleveland. I guess after those two cars were in an accident, somebody had to invent something to make sure it didn't happen again. Here's a sad event on this day in history. 1962, born Norma Jean Mortensen, Marilyn Monroe was found dead on this day in uh, 1962. Very sad, very sad. She's still a cultural icon to this day, and still the epitome of what, what beauty is. 1861, on this day in 1861, Abraham Lincoln imposed the first federal income tax. And yes, folks, it all went downhill from there. On this day in 1983, Risky Business debuted. And that launched Tom Cruise into this crazy stratosphere of stardom. And he's never looked back. Yes, another unfortunate event on this day in history. Uh, I guess depending on how you look at it. Tom Cruise fans out there probably love it. I like some of his movies. They're not all great, but uh, um, I, I like I like quite a few of them. Top Gun was fun back in the day. Uh, the uh, Mission Impossible ones, kind of fun movies. Uh, he's had a few clunkers in there, but uh, for the most part, stellar career, I guess, you know. Um, I'm sure everybody probably has a favorite Tom Cruise movie, I suppose. I don't know if I do. I really don't know if I do. They redid The Mummy. That was, that was kind of a little better than the Brandon Fraser one, but, you know, not bad. Not bad. It was, it was a pretty good movie. Um, I haven't seen anything from him lately, even though I know he's been in some films. But, like I said, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have watched the news. Shouldn't have went to Twitter. 
probably a whole lot of things I shouldn't have done. Hey, but on this, we're actually going to, on this episode, I want to talk a little bit about some of the 10 of the strangest events and festivals out there. But first, I want to ask you guys, what, what's everybody reading? You know, what uh, what's everybody reading this month? I just bought a book on Kindle. Um, a friend of mine sent me an article uh, through uh, Facebook about this particular lake in Georgia and the, you know, possibly being haunted. Well, I don't know about that, but I thought it was a really interesting book. Uh, I looked it up, so I bought this the other day on Kindle. It's called Underwater Ghost Towns of North Georgia by Lisa M. Russell. And actually, I reached out and touched base with her and asked her if she would want to come onto the, onto the podcast to talk a little bit about her research and her work. Um, now, when you hear ghost towns, you think, ooh, ghost stories. Well, not necessarily. We're not really talking about ghost stories. However, there's all kinds of things out there that you know, maybe maybe could lead to ghost stories. Um, all these towns that were flooded and these man-made lakes, because there are no natural lakes in that part of Georgia, or maybe in Georgia at all, but um, they, there's so many man-made lakes. And one of them that I went to about three years, four years ago, was a place called Lake Hartwell. And that was uh, just north of Elberton, Georgia where I went and did research on the Georgia Guidestones, and I've done a podcast on that and, and uh, that, that weirdness. Um, but anyway, Lake Hartwell is a beautiful, beautiful lake, if you've never been. Uh, I want to read just a little bit of the, uh, I guess this is the uh, from Amazon here. Um, North Georgia has more than 40 lakes, and not one is natural. The state's controversial decision to dam the region's rivers for power and water supply Change the landscape forever. Lost communities, forgotten crossroads, dissolving racetracks, and even entire towns disappeared. The creation of Lake Lanier displaced more than 700 families. During the construction of Lake uh, Chatoug, I probably pronounced that wrong, busloads of schoolboys uh, were brought in to help uh, dissenter graves and uh, for the community uh, for relocation for the cemetery. Contractors clearing land for the development of Lake Hartwell met with 78-year-old Eliza Brock, welding a shotgun and warning the men off her property. So there's all kinds of stories behind how these lakes came about, and uh, I, I thought it'd be interesting just to come on and talk a little bit about it. I don't think there's going to be any real ghost stories involved. Maybe there are. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll see where it goes. Uh, but I'm reading that right now. Uh, I just finished reading this this one. I'm going to be going on to a like a um, workshop, a class for a friend of mine invited me to for uh, learning Reiki one and two, right? The levels one and two of of uh, Reiki healing. And I've always been kind of one of these people. I thought like the law of attraction was really interesting, and I read a lot of books, read a ton of stuff. I just uh, finished reading one called The Magic of Manifesting Money. Uh, 15 Advanced Manifestation Techniques to Attract Wealth, Success, and Abundance Without Hard Work. Now, I don't know, probably ought to put a little hard work in things, but just for the sake of building character. Um, but anyway, I was reading that, and I thought that was uh, it was quite interesting. A um, couple other books I recently got, Kiss and Make Up, which is a, uh, um autobiography by Gene Simmons, which I thought was really cool. And uh, I've got, let me take a quick look at my orders list here on Amazon. Uh, also, Jason, uh, Jason Good Blues Band. 
uh, album Blues You Can Use. I want to give that guy a shout out because that was a really, really great album. And it's out on CD now. And I think it's his first uh, album. And uh, the, really good stuff. I love blues music. You guys know that. I've uh, used the uh, bumper music from uh, Blues Hammer many times on this show. But uh, there's another band to check out, too. Uh, also got a book here. This is really, really interesting book. And I'm going to be talking about this at some point when I finish it. Uh, it's called Take a Walk on the Dark Side, Rock and Roll Myths, Legends, and Curses. And if I'm lucky, maybe I can get Ken Dodge to come back on and talk a little bit about that. Um, that's that's pretty fascinating, pretty fascinating stuff. Um, trying to think, what else have I bought uh, recently? Um, trying to find my, uh, well... No wonder I've only gone the last three months. Let's go back uh, a little bit further than that here on Amazon. God, I buy so much crap on Amazon. This was a really good book. You know how much I've railed on the uh, communists and the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, this was a really good book called America's Number One Adversary and What We Must Do About It Now. And this is by John M. Poindexter. And uh, that is all you know, leveled right at the Chinese Communist Party and the ways that they're trying to subvert... Um, you know, America and America's influence, um, and even mess with things here locally and you know, at local levels all throughout the country. Uh, here's another really good book by Michael Rivers called Ghosts of the North Carolina Shores. Uh, actually, I thought that was really interesting. I reached out to him, never heard anything back. I would love to have him on to talk a little bit about that book. Um, but if I ever hear back from him, I'll definitely let you know, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. Um, here's some ebooks. Uh, here's a book I read last year. This was really, really good. Actually, here are two of them that were really, really good. Uh, Where the Crawdads Sing by uh, Delia Owens. That, that was really interesting. It was outside of my wheelhouse, what I normally read, but it was a really good book. And here's one that if you like, like uh, true crime stuff, this is called The Spy and the Traitor. The greatest, the greatest espionage story of the Cold War by Ben McIntyre. So I recommend that one, too. That was a really, really good book. Um, let me jump into a little bit of what I got into. Uh, I don't want to say a squabble on Twitter, but <laughs> nonetheless, um, I'm sure I pissed off a couple of, well, maybe one elected official that I know of. And I'm going to share a really unpopular opinion, and this will probably be a little unpopular with some of my conservative friends. And it's probably not going to be popular with, some of my liberal friends either. But if you've noticed over the last few days, um, there has been, you know how they had that rent moratorium during the uh, pandemic. So if you couldn't afford your rent, you couldn't be evicted by your landlord. Okay, well, I'm sure there were protections in there, money that went out to the landlords to cover their costs because the banks aren't going to forgive them of their loans. Either the banks need to continue to operate and make money. So, you know, I kind of had a problem with the rent moratorium. Okay, now I understand people were in dire straits, people lost their jobs. I totally get that. Totally get that. Um, however, Congress did not extend that rent moratorium this time around. And that falls squarely on uh, Nancy Pelosi. And, of course, they well, Democrats have both the House and the Senate. So what's the excuse? And the White House. So what was the excuse for not extending that, even though politicians were saying, yeah, we need to do it, we need to do it? Uh, 
Well, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, stepped in and uh, made that moratorium, extended that through the fall. Okay. It's bad enough that they extended it because the economy started to come around. And these these landowners, they need to get paid. All right. You, you can't not go pay your rent. All right. Um, so my, my biggest beef was, okay, th that is a job for elected officials to decide. In which case, the Democrat Party completely dropped the ball over what they promised. You know, politicians lying is nothing new. Um, but we're talking about the Center for Disease Control. Where did the hell did they get the power to make a rule on whether someone pays rent or not? They have no constitutional argument or power whatsoever to do something like that. And no one bats an eye. They just say, they take it as gospel and as people, somebody that has the power to do this, and they let it happen. Folks, this is how tyranny starts. When people who are unelected, who do a shit job to begin with, because how many times has the Center for Disease Control flipped their argument on masks, no masks, they work, they don't work. Um, if you've been vaccinated, you can go, you don't need a mask. Now everybody needs to mask up again. Um, you know, the virus didn't impact kids, so kids really don't need to wear a mask. But wait a minute, we're going to mask everybody up in the public schools. They have flip-flopped and changed their mind and have been so unclear with the population on vir on these, on these uh, uh, vaccines, on masks, not to mention Fauci uh, flip-flopping. Every time one of these people are in a photo op, they got a mask on. But when the camera's on them, as soon as the picture's taken, they're taking their masks off. They're not doing anything that they're telling the rest of the public to do, which is complete hypocrisy. So if it was that damn dangerous, would they walk around without a mask themselves? AOC was a perfect example of that just the other day. And this video has been going viral all over the place if you want to go online and look it up. Um, and also, you know, toss this out there. If they really gave too much, you know, politicians, elected officials, CDC, if they really gave two shits about how infective this virus is, this Delta variant, then, you know, if you're going to stop people from going into restaurants if they haven't been vaccinated, and they're, they're starting to do this in New York, and France even said you can't go in and buy groceries unless you've been vaccinated. Well, okay, what if, you've, what if you're not sick? Yeah. <laughs> What, are you going to let these people starve to death? I mean, how cool tyranny is, and people will use it as a, you know, an excuse to, for public health. I'm going to get into that in just a second. And I, God, I hate getting into this stuff. Uh, I wish we lived in easier times where we could just talk about mindless fun stuff. Um, however, you know, they've, they've got these, uh, you know, these rules for these masks, and the CDC now extends that moratorium. So I tweeted out earlier, who elected the CDC to make rules on whether someone pays rent or not? Those clowns can't get the mask argument consistent. So I noticed the person posted up, I guess, something from Tucker Carlson, which I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't watched Fox News in God knows how long, but here's Tucker Carlson and uh, showing uh, the lady who runs the CDC, who is apparently making laws now, right? Um and somebody here, I guess, loyal to the tinfoil or loyal to the foil, uh, 
responds back, and this this is one of the points that I I made on, I wanted to make on this. She says, "I pay rent, and I've paid my rent on time and in full every month since these shenanigans commenced. Even when I lost one of my jobs because the schools were closed. This is horseshit. I don't remember voting for the FNCDC." Shaking my head. Okay, she makes a good point, and I, this is the point that I want to make. Um, if all these, you know, people were out of work and they got all this, um, you know, the welfare payments, the, you know, the unemployment benefits, and then they up that like 300 additional or so then some places 600 additional. People were making more staying home collecting unemployment than they were actually going back to work when they had the option. And I know people who are employers and, uh, and managers that actually called people and said, hey, you can come back to work and they'll say, I'll be there when my unemployment runs out. Well, they didn't have a job when their unemployment ran out because they'd already hired somebody in their place. Good for them. Good. Hire somebody in their place. My beef with this is if everybody was getting so much on unemployment, shouldn't the first thing at the top of your list of monthly expenses be to pay your rent or mortgage, pay your uh, electric, water bill, TV, cell phone, Pay your utilities, pay your rent, and still have money left over. You were getting more than you were making before. Why can't you pay your rent? That that just totally boggled my mind. And now we find out people had not been paying rent for months and months and months. What the hell did you do with all that money? I mean, were you, were you like power drinking? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, what do people do with all that money? I didn't collect any unemployment. I was in the middle of trying to set up a new business. And no, I didn't get any of that PPP money so that, uh, you know, I could keep a business afloat. I was in trying to start one up. So I didn't have the luxury of that either. So I was just like between a rock and a hard place trying to get by and hopefully selling a few of my books, you know. Um, but no, I didn't I didn't collect any unemployment, uh, none of that. And, I, and it makes me like, just wonder, like, how people that were in that position find themselves several months behind on their rent. If I were a landlord, knowing that that was the case, I would be freaking livid. I would toss that lazy bastard out on the street. So instead of shutting down you know, anything, like some of these states are talking about shutting down again in some places, why don't we shut the government down for two weeks and let these assholes who never missed a paycheck see how they like it? Let's shut the government down for two months to slow the spread of ignorance. Because that is, it seems to me like that is what it's going to take. Um, the only people who are going to suffer are the people in the middle class and lower income. Right? So, I mean, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense, uh, any of this garbage that's going on. So, anyway, I see um, uh, another congresswoman, or somebody running for Congress. <laughs> well, now, let me get into a congresswoman real quick. Congresswoman Mary Miller. I'm going to click on her Twitter page. It's the official Congress uh, official account for Congresswoman Mary Miller, proudly serving the 15th District of Illinois. So she is a Republican, member of the Freedom Caucus, and you can find her at marymiller.house.gov. So I'm just on her Twitter page, and uh, I noticed she, she uh, tweets this out. Why do we have a Congress if the CDC is going to make laws? 
Well, that chat my ass because, first of all, yeah, exactly. Well, she's exactly asking the right question. Here was my tweet right back to her immediately, and I got no response. Obviously, I said, "You tell us. You and your colleagues from both sides of the aisle are the ones allowing this abuse of power. If our elected officials are asleep at the wheel, then why the hell are we paying you, folks?" So, you know, I got probably a few views on that. But, you know, it was, it was a sincere question. She hasn't responded, and, and nor will she. It would probably somebody in her office writes that, but they're not going to respond to something like that. Um, which is just in, incredibly insane. The, the uh, to me, the arrogance of asking that question when you're sitting there and not doing a damn thing about it, and you're the person we elected to do something. Now, she's not in my district. I mean, she's in Illinois. I'm down in Virginia. I'm down here in the People's Republic of Virginia. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, it, it just, just just blows my mind how worthless, like when things like this happen, the people that can do things about it do nothing. That is a clear violation of the Constitution. They have no power to do this. I hope lawsuits are mount up on this. And, uh, and and just, I don't know, just the fact that, uh, yeah, I was watching that thing on Tucker, that video replay that, that the Loyal to the Foil showed, and uh, I just couldn't believe just the, the uh, arrogance and the, and the tyrannical attitude and point of view of the lady who's in charge of the CDC. Uh, and it wasn't just her stance on this thing, okay? Now, there's another person running for Congress. Um, Marissa Selvig for Congress in 2022, and this is her Twitter page. So um, I, I did uh, tweet back to her, like I she had uh, made a comment, and then I responded to it, and then I, I did actually tweet back and uh, let her know I'd, I'd like to refer to this thread uh, when I talk about it on my podcast. And she said, "By all means." So just for um, just for I guess. Let me read her, her bio here. Positive, passionate, passionate, practical. I live by what the good book says and the cowboy code of the West. Wyoming Republican U.S. House candidate. Her name is Marissa Selvig. So you can follow her on Twitter if you want. Now, I, I know nothing about her. I'm not, I, I, don't, I'm, I don't endorse anybody, but I know nothing about her or her stance on any other issues. Um, but she tweets out earlier. It is so aggravating how hard they are pushing to get the kids injected. Influencers, incentives, etc. Do not be coerced. Make informed decisions. The long-term consequences of this injection are unknown. My children's futures are worth fighting uh, this. Yours are too. Okay, now I thought, well, okay. And not to get political on the on the jab here. I mean, I've, I've, like I've mentioned on here, I've been vaccinated. And there were reasons why I did that. But there are some people who may have health reasons. I'm not aggravated. I'm not mad at anybody for not getting vaccinated. I don't look at you like an enemy or an ignorant person, nor would I look at anybody that's been vaccinated that's pushing this hard um, as an enemy. It's like everybody has different reasons. Make up your own mind. We are a free people until we stop acting like a free people, and then that's when we're not free anymore. So make up your own mind. Now, look, people can be on both sides of the aisle. I can still be friends with you. Don't care. You know, um, but I tweet back to her. I said, another concern, although I'm not in your district, 
I would love to hear your thoughts. When did the CDC get power to extend the rent moratorium? And then I said, did I spell that right? I wasn't sure if I spelled that right. Anyway, I'm going on a rant on my next podcast about this abuse of power. And her response is, we are all asleep at the wheel. The CDC instituted this first in September 2020, which I didn't know. Um, Why did we let this happen? It was an election season, continued COVID fear-mongering, back to school time, no one was paying attention. The CDC does not have the constitutional authority to do this. The moratorium has since been extended three times. It was supposed to end at the end of 2020. This, like so much of our bureaucracy, is so far beyond comprehension and unacceptable, we need legislators not afraid to call out these agencies for their overreach. Did you know that you can be a single person who makes $99,000 and qualify? We are a family of six and don't make even close to that. It's also backwards and landlords are not taken into consideration. She made a good point. Now, my point again is, you know, we're all these Republicans asleep at the wheel and you have a lot of people. I'm for throw all the bums out. Like so many of these people need to be primaried out on both sides of the aisle. It is absolutely ridiculous. Because the biggest problem is not lack of thinking, it's corruption. And I just, I cannot stand to see this happen to our country. And I get just as pissed off as everybody else. I just generally am not as vocal about it. Sometimes I get a little chippy on Twitter. So if anybody wants to follow me on Twitter, you know, so be it, you know. Um, But I'm all about our liberties and our freedoms. And whether that's with the virus, uh, you know, the uh, you know the vaccination, whether it's with free speech, whether it's people who want to talk about whether the election was stolen, some say it wasn't stolen, whatever. You cannot solve any problems without dialogue. And when you shut one side up, guilting them out or threatening them or coercing them, which is what a lot of the stuff with the virus stuff is, um, that is completely unacceptable, completely un-American mind you. And uh, I don't want to see what's happening in Australia right now and happening in France right now happen in our country. There are people out all over France right now raising hell in the streets because they're sick of these shutdowns, the lockdowns, the mandates. And trust me, I mean, this is this is something we're here in the United States. The communist mayor of New York City, who was a card-carrying communist, a member of the Communist Party at one time, who still hasn't changed his mind, he just changed his party, that, um, you know, even he is, you know, they're giving directives that people cannot go in to do anything unless you have the, you know, get your, uh, you know, your two, you know, your two shots. You know, you have to be vaccinated. You can't go to a ball game. You can't go to the grocery. You can't go to the restaurant and eat. You know, you can't go out to see your kid's ball game. Listen, this is ridiculous. You do not do this to a free people. And people are smart enough to make up their own mind. If you want to wear a mask in the grocery store when I'm in there, do it. I might wear a mask if I don't, if it's crowded. I might not. You know, it's just uh, everybody make up their own mind. And stop the division. Because, you know, divide and conquer, I've said this before on here, this is a strategy um, straight out of a communist playbook. And you'd think this was being run from Beijing right now. And hell, it might be. But whether it comes to Marissa Selvig for Congress, I don't know. Maybe she maybe she actually would be a, a vocal one. Maybe she would be a fighter. Maybe she would just get in there and get comfortable and get corrupt like everybody else. I don't know. You would hope one way or another that 
we would have fighters and people who respect liberty and freedom and use their own voice and not be coerced by their party or their leadership. Because I will say this, and this is the part I was going to mention earlier that was going to be so controversial to some of my Republican friends and then probably piss off some Democrat friends too. But think, people need to think for themselves. Don't let your party think for you. Don't let whatever the public opinion or some celebrity think for you. I have so many people that I see on Twitter talking about, well, the only way we're going to save this republic is, you know, um, we got to primary out these Republicans that are rhinos, Republicans in name only, and fill up those spaces with good patriotic people who are loyal to the Constitution, loyal to freedom and, and liberty. Well, yeah, that's, I would hope they would. But the Republican Party, and to borrow a phrase from a friend of mine long ago, they're about as worthless as tits on a boar hog. What, what has one Republican done in the last six months to earn your vote? Seriously. I'm not kidding. I'll give you a case, case in point. After the election, okay, it was just like, you know, the eye test, it didn't, the, it just, none of this had happened with the election past the eye test. You got a guy who didn't leave his basement, and he can't get 50 people in a field. And a guy in the middle of a pandemic drawn 25,000 people out of whack, you know, at a time. Okay. And you tell me that other guy got more votes than Barack Obama? Mm, I, I'm just, I'm just not buying that. And now we're coming to find out there was some election fraud. This is coming out in Arizona. We're learning more about what happened in Georgia. Um, and there was something I saw somewhere on not mainstream media, but alternative media, that there was potentially a whistleblower from Dominion, the company who makes the voting machines. I don't know about any of that. Pay attention to it. Go, go look it up and learn. Don't just take CNN's word or MSNBC's word or dumbass Fox News word. Seriously. Go look stuff up on your own. Um, learn on your own. But, you know, even if every rhino Republican was replaced with a liberty, you know, pounding just constitutionalist, every election you're going to face the same damn problem because the Republican Party is not going to save this country. I want to tell you who is, who could if they would. The Democrat Party is what it's going to be needed to save this country. Now, I know a lot of Democrats, and they'll be like, yeah, you're right. Not with that far-left mentality. And I'm not talking about, like, liberals and conservatives, because some people are liberal for label themselves that for different reasons. For one, stop labeling yourself. I wouldn't be either. I consider myself common sense. Um, and maybe somebody else doesn't think that of me, but hey, so be it, you know? But the only thing that's going to save this country because it is, is a Democrat party that wakes up Kind of like what some people did during the Tea Party thing, you know, and looked at some of the worthless Republicans and like, okay, we gotta we gotta clean some of this party up because the Democrat Party obviously wasn't listening to people complaining about high taxes. And at the time the Tea Party came out, it wasn't a political thing. I went to a couple of rallies just to see for myself. It wasn't a political thing. It was you hit somebody in the pocketbook thing. Because the banks were collapsing. Um all those, all those fraudulent mortgages were just crashing. The market was crashing. People were losing their homes, their jobs. And they're like, what the hell just happened? These are hardworking people. 
that thought they were living a safe life, you know, just going through life, doing the motions. And next thing you know, can't find a job for a year. I've lost my house. I got divorced, <laughs> you know, because I can't keep the home. It just It's just nasty. And then your pension your and your 401k is decimated. Okay, that's what sparked a lot of that. And if anybody ever listens to Rick Santelli on CNBC, he's the guy who coined the phrase. And good, good on him. The thing, though, is until the Democrat Party wakes up and looks at the fact that they have let far left, I mean, like people playing around with socialism and communism, come right into their ranks and take over party control. They need to clean their party out of those types of dangerous people who have a tyrannical attitude. They're there. And I'm going to give you a great example here in a minute on my Facebook page. But those people are there. And until they clean that party out, anybody running on the other side of the aisle that's serious about reforming our country and getting back to a better place, you're just going to see the same thing. You're going to be running against the same tyranny over and over and over. So every election is going to be a dangerous election, the most important election of your lifetime. So who's who can save this country? Your average everyday Democrat. The people who vote Democrat but then are really disillusioned, and that's most of the Democrats that I know, that are disillusioned with the far, far left that is ruining this party. You have people like Joe Manchin from West Virginia, who's more of a centrist. Uh, and, and then there are other centrists out there that are just afraid to even say it because they're being coerced and bullied in their own damn party on the House side and on the Senate side. And But if you ask me, the leader of the House, um, Schumer, and the Republican leader, Mitch McConnell, are probably like two, just, I mean, they, they, might as well, they might as well be sleeping together because they're in bed so much. I don't care what they say publicly. This bill they're about to pass on so-called infrastructure is, is a killer, folks. You could pass an infrastructure bill with about one-tenth that size. So you ask me, this so-called bipartisan thing, where the hell is the rest of this going? So maybe maybe politicians like Marissa Selvig for Congress should pay attention to that. Or uh, or the other uh, um, uh, lady uh, congresswoman that I uh, tweeted earlier, which I'm sure won't listen to any of this, but yeah, that's fine. Because But it's going to take common, everyday Democrats to actually go in and reform their party to stop this madness in our culture and in our economy and in our general just, just acceptance of each other, tolerance of each other. That's who's going to have to save it. There's not a damn thing Republicans can do about it because they've proven time and time again that they don't have a spine to stand up and fight. And that's where most people, I think, like even people that I, that I know that are Republican feel this way. And I know so many Democrats who would say the same thing to me, but they won't say it to their friends, you know, about the, the, you know, the cancel culture and all this stuff, because somehow that's supposedly cool. You know, it's not. So I'm going to give you an example here before I get into something fun of what kind of attitude it takes like on, on the far left. All right. And this is, this is, you find these people, they get chippy and they get vocal on social media. They're the loudest voice in the room. And there's probably, it's about 10% of them 
of, of those on the left, but it's, it's a loud, loud minority. So I put this meme up on Facebook, these two girls sitting there talking on the phone. And it says, imagine the phone company canceling your service because they didn't like what you and your friends were talking about. That's Facebook and Twitter today. That's pretty simple, you know. I saw that and I shared it from somebody else. And I get this uh, response from a guy. Uh, I'm not going to name his name. But if you want to go to my Facebook page, it's facebook.com forward slash Cyrus.Alderwood. And uh guy named Robert. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. And he said, not at all. One's conversation is private and the other is public. If you want to talk about how much you hate people of color, call your racist friends and talk in private. Wow. I've never talked to this guy before. I've never. He was just one of these people on the friends, so-called friends list here. and never had, never had a conversation with this guy. I don't know him from anybody else. And he calls me a racist because he doesn't like that meme. So another guy responds, uh, why do you assume someone's racist when you see a meme you don't like? And then somebody else um, chimed in. Uh, so even more reason to protect the public square and free speech. Are we only to are, are we only to protect the things you agree with? Now, somebody else made a comment like, um, yeah, well, anyway, I guess they said maybe he ran away. No, not at all. He didn't. Run, he probably didn't run away. I blocked him actually, um, because at that point his opinion didn't matter, and I'm, I'm I don't like to have that bad vibe around, you know, just just start hanging around things. Um, but my response to him was pretty simple. I said, considering you and I have never had a conversation, and since you're nice enough to throw names out there and get all worked up over a meme, maybe you should just unfriend me, Captain. You obviously don't value free speech, and you're judging my character without knowing me. Have a great day regardless. You know, so I took the, you know, I took the high road. I'm not going to be a jerk to somebody just because they're a jerk to me. And then another guy by the name of Stuart chimes in. <laughs> and Stuart says, if it's Trump's and his minions BS, cut his service indefinitely. Well, see, now that's taking away somebody's freedom of speech. Doesn't matter what the platform is. If you're not saying something they agree with, then they don't think you should have the same rights they do. That is a very powerful and fearful thing. And we're surrounded by people like that. I mean, we're not, we're not surrounded, we surround them and they're getting chippy. But I mean, it's, but there are people out there that are just like that. If you don't say something I agree in or agree with, then you don't have rights. Well, you know, uh, the more I learned a little bit more about the lady that's in charge of the CDC, she sounds a lot like people like this. And she's in charge of an entire bureaucracy that somehow makes laws and she's not elected. And these politicians that get chippy about it on Twitter don't have the balls to go do anything about it. Okay. Well, I see what kind of people we're, we're dealing with. So anyway, that, uh, that aside, <laughs> that's bad enough. That is, that is annoying as hell. But folks, be careful about you know the, the politicians that you so so called follow or idolize. If they're not willing to stand up for you, then why the hell should you stand up for them or send them a dime, one red cent? Because they haven't. I'm, I mean, case in point, after the election, like I said, I'm driving through Virginia, and nowhere that I've been in Virginia did I see like any Biden stickers. I see Trump stuff all over the place. Um, but you know, I actually called. 
I've got a list of uh, elected officials here in Virginia in our House of Delegates and Senate. So I called a list of 10 of them, including, including my own delegate. And of course, I get their voicemail, and I leave a message. And I said, this is before Arizona started all their audits and things like that. I said, you know, oh, this is when they first started. I said, you know, they're doing something in Arizona because a lot of people think there's a lot of shenanigans that happened. And I said, you know, given the fact that you know, here we are in Virginia, and literally eight counties dictate how the rest of the state goes at state and federal elections, because, uh, you know, Northern Virginia, everybody else can vote Republican. Northern Virginia and Tidewater, which total of like six counties and then two or three independent cities, the whole state goes Democrat. So we, we can't elect a governor or lieutenant governor or senator that's Republican in the state because those eight counties have so much population they control everything else. Um, so anyway, I said, is it possible? I'd like your thoughts on whether you think you know, if this doesn't pass the eye test, not even in Virginia, can I get some feedback from you guys? So I called 10 of them, including my own, and then I called my own congressman, Morgan Griffith of the 9th District. You know how many of them called me back? Zero. You know how many of them emailed me back? Zero. That told me that not out of 10 Republicans that I called that have clout in the state, not one of them gave two shits about election integrity or to at least address it, because when I called and left that message, I said to them, listen, this is what people are talking about everywhere around here. And I want to pass this along and get your thoughts. Not one of them gave two shits to talk about election integrity. And the only time any of them have ever brought anything up is when it's popped up in mainstream media and they sort of have to. So what does that tell you about our local elected officials, even at the local House and Senate? at your state level. Why do they not give a shit about what you think or, or, or election integrity? Because somebody somewhere should have looked into it, at least had the question and brought it up and not one did. Now, whether you think Biden won or Trump won, I, I don't care if Biden won, then Biden won. I just want to know my damn vote counted. And that was the point that I was making with these folks. And not one of them cared enough, even my own elected official here in my district and my own congressman who I helped actually work on his original campaign uh, during that fall to, to help him years ago. They don't care. They don't care. They're comfortable. And that's, that's really all that matters to them. So anyway, now that I've got that bitch and rant out of the way that took way too much time, <laughs> let's, uh, let's leave these other politicians alone and talk about the 10 strangest events and festivals. Man, there's one called the Underwater Music Festival. I would, If I knew how to snorkel, I would actually do this. Uh, this is sponsored by Florida's Lower Keys Chamber, uh, Chamber of Commerce, and US One Radio. So they have this underwater festival, and I think they started in 2012, and it brought uh, 300 divers and snorkel uh, swimmers to this place called Lua Key National Marine Sanctuary. And what they were trying to do is uh, they, they were actually going underwater playing music. So uh, it was designed to raise awareness about the coral reef. And, um, you know, even though you can play these odd instruments, you know, that the, actually the guitar is like marine inspired embellishments. So I thought it was pretty cool. Like, looked like you were playing a giant starfish. Um, and they had speakers positioned on nearby boats so people could 
here. Anyway, that sounds pretty cool. And it's a good cause, too, if you can bring bring awareness to things like that. That's, that's pretty good. There was another one. This was this would be fun. I don't want to be a part of this one because I'd have a heart attack. It's called Run for Your Lives. Uh, Reed Street Productions was behind Run for Your Lives, a 5K race that actually involved zombies chasing runners. Then it started in Darlington, Maryland, um, and had over like 10,000 people that signed up for it. Um, then it expanded to a bunch of other cities. I think 12 cities is what I read. Uh, Toronto, Seattle, uh, Atlanta, Indianapolis. <clears throat> so these runners, they have to run through this obstacle course uh, while wearing these flags that the zombies are trying to grab, like flag football. And the first person to cross the finish line with at least one flag wins the race. All right, so following the race, there's this big apocalypse party, right? <laughs> and there's more zombies. Go figure. Um, there's something called BronyCon. Uh, My Little Pony. Like, that little animated series that came out. Like, that was way, way back. But there's another that came out about 10, 12 years ago. And um, these self-proclaimed bronies, as they called them, attended this BronyCon, which uh, brought in like 4,000 people. And uh, it was at the Meadowlands Exposition Center. Um, and I think it was actually already held there this year. But uh, it also hits like Comic-Con San Diego. I mean, anyway, I thought that was kind of weird. Then there's the Internet Cat Video Festival. This is something I want to get a part of. Where, where's my cat? Tigger. Hey, some of the most viewed videos on YouTube and social media, it's all cats, right? Cats and dogs. Yeah, I love, I love those videos. But so it's no surprise that someone tried to, you know, actually create a festival dedicated to these these videos. And uh, the Minneapolis Walker Arts Center, uh, it's going to actually host its first Internet Kit Video Festival on August 30th. And it's already got over 7,000 submissions. And uh, I guess it leaves it to the public to vote for their favorite videos using Twitter. Uh, using a hashtag. All right, now here's something that I know will be up somebody's alley that I know directly. The Air Guitar World Championships. <laughs> this this would be a fun party to go drink at. This has been held annually since 1996 in uh, Owolu, which is a, a city in Finland. I'm sure I'm butchering that up. But it's an international competition for air guitar. And it has contestants from all over the world, U.S., Russia, Belgium, Germany, Japan. So according to the organizers, um, the purpose of this is just to promote world peace, which is pretty cool. Um, contenders perform 60 seconds of music um, without any visible instruments, right? And uh, this year it's scheduled for a couple of weeks from now, August 22nd to 24th. Now, here's another cool one that I need to go to, Blob Fest. Remember that movie, The Blob? Well, in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, uh, Colonial Theater's claim to fame is being featured in that 1958 cult classic, The Blob. So every year at, at that spot, they have what's called The Blob Fest, which is a celebration of all things related to Steve McQueen and that monster flick. So in, 20, in 2012... Um, which was, it was held in July then, had a street fair with the local vendors and window display and, you know, facade contest. 
and they showed the original blob as well as the day the earth stood still of that old cult classic theater which to me is just awesome uh here's a sunburst convention of celebrity impersonators and tribute artists yeah maybe here's another thing up somebody's alley i'm sure burping world championships <laughs> this takes place in geneva switzerland and uh the, their goal is to try to make burping more socially acceptable i don't know if that's ever going to happen but um on june 8th it held its first burping world championship in new york uh with pizza chef timothy janice crowned the winner uh this year's competitions focused on the length of the burp with upcoming contests in Mumbai and Bajorca. Next year, the Federation will judge uh, based on decibel. I don't know if I want to be there. The Roswell UFO Festival. That's, that's, uh, that would be fun to go to. And uh, let's see here. It's, they have an alien chase, a 5K and 10K fundraising run, as well as talks from Dr. Donald Burleson author of UFOs and the Murder of Marilyn Monroe. Hey, speak of the Marilyn Monroe. That came back around nicely. Here's the Woolly Worm Festival. You guys ever see those in the road in the fall? You'll see those little fuzzy little worms that look like caterpillars, but like 10 times as fat. And then if they're really dark, like all black, it means you're going to have a bad winter, rough winter. Or if they're white, it means you're going to have kind of a really easy winter. Well, anyway, every third weekend in October, Banner Elk in North Carolina host the Woolly Worm Festival, which is, um, I guess, a caterpillar that turns into Isabella Tiger Moth. I don't know. Predicts the, predicts the weather for the winter. Anyway, uh, that, that's kind of, I don't know if I go to something like that, but count me in for Roswell, maybe on the burping thing, definitely the Blob Fest, definitely the Air Guitar, and definitely the Internet Cat Video Festival. Uh, I would like to sit there and eat mac and cheese during the uh, zombie run, but maybe laugh at a few people, maybe hang around on a boat for the Underwater Music Festival, get down in the Keys. Anyway, those sounds like some really fun events. Man, have you guys heard of any like weird events that happen around your town or your city? We need to we need to come up with some new weird events, as if those weren't weird enough. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Anyway, man, I've busted a lot of time bitching here. But anyway, hopefully you didn't mind. If you're still here, obviously you don't. Thanks for sticking it out with me today. Appreciate that. I'll be back soon. And uh, like I said, we'll be, we'll be uh, having a, a couple of guests coming up to you. We'll be talking about those, those, uh, those, those lakes in uh, North Georgia, the story behind those. And that's just kind of creepy. Uh, I got a story about uh, South Holston Lake here because they flooded it. Uh, way back when the Army Corps of Engineers were doing work there and coffins started floating up. They forgot to dig up. Yeah. Talk about some ghost stories out of that. There's some urban legends waiting to happen. Thanks again, everybody. I'll see you down the road.